Welcome to Coon Hunt University Podcast. This is your host, Mason Bush. Class is now in session. Hey guys, next time you're in the market for some new hunting supplies, head on over to Conkey's Outdoors. Whether it's a light, boots, dog leash, garment, or any other kind of hunting accessories, they can take care of you. Conkey's is a family-owned business that strives on excellent customer service and guarantees fast delivery every time. The next time you're over in Hastings, Florida, stop by or give them a call at 904-692-1568. Thanks. Hey guys, next time you're in the market for some new hunting gear, head on over to coonhuntersupply.com and check out the Razor hunting gear line. Razor has partnered up with Yoder Nylon to bring some of the sharpest, and best designed briar proof gear on the market. They have their own line of hunting gear like coats, bibs, chaps, vests, and more. Also, check out the newly released Razor Z1 light. It includes a double walk light, bright double red lights, tight and bright main beam, and a razor sharp green laser. Head on over to coonhuntersupply.com and get yours ordered today. Have a retail store and want to sell Joy Dog Food? Well, it's never been easier. Head over to the dealer locator on our website, click on Become a Dealer, and fill out the form. Afterwards, we'll have the salesman for your region reach out to you with more information on how you can become a Joy Dealer. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to joydogfood.com and become a dealer today. This is Coon Hunt University Podcast. Today, I have a, a legend here, especially in... In southern Mississippi, David Luckett, how you doing? It's as rough as I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. We're here at the Michael Moody Memorial Hunt, and um, everybody says you're the man that got Michael rolling. Uh, to begin with, tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, we'll get to Michael here in a little bit. So let's start, about, let's start with you. It's nothing to tell them about me. <laughs> we'll talk about Moody. All right, well. <laughs> Let's, uh, we can go to, you took Michael to his, his first hunt. Well, how, how'd you meet Michael? Me and Miss, his daddy, Tommy Moody, mm-hmm. we hunted together in the 70s and 80s. And uh, he would bring Mike along. He had a real good place to hunt, Togo Island. And uh, we'd go down there hunting on my horses. And Mr. Moody bought a horse and... One thing led to the other. We got to hunting together. And Mike, I think he was around 9 or 10. I'm not sure. He was a young, real young boy. And Mr. Moody brought him. And then he he would bring him. And Mike hunted with Old Duke. And uh, he always wanted to go with Old Duke every time we went. Is he going to bring, he'd ask his dad, is he going to bring Old Duke? Because we'd go to over there to Togo and it wasn't nothing to tree 13 coons in a few hours and we wasn't tired because we was riding horses and uh, so Mike got to go in and then we hunted like pleasure hunted for a long time and uh, I went to a hunt and uh, uh, took Mike with me he was just a spectator and uh, anyway we drawed uh, Frankie Dukes and somebody else. It was a PKC, PKC hunt. And um, anyway, 
back then you could compete. The dogs could compete and the men could compete, if you know what I mean. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, it could get a little rough. And Frankie was rough to handle, mm -hmm. and I was too. Mm -hmm. I'm not blaming it all on Frankie, but back then when you're young and think you can tackle the world, and that was me and Frankie both and some of our other so-called friends <laughs> that we drew. And, uh, but, it was, you know, back then it was head-to-head -head competition. Well, anyway, we, I don't know how it got started, but me and Frankie got crossed ways out there, which that wasn't hard to do. Right. I mean, uh, and uh, anyway, he took a dog lead and wrapped it around his hand and threatened me, and I told him what I'd do with him and that dog lead, and Mike was there. <laughs> How old was Michael right here at this time? I can't tell you. Okay. He was young. He wasn't 9 or 10. I mean, he was... 12, 13, 14. 15, okay. 14, somewhere in that area, you know. Mm -hmm. And Mike was just standing back, you know, when... I done got mad, and Frankie done got mad carrying on, but he didn't ever do nothing with that dog lead. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, that was the first hunt Mike was on. I should have acted better. Yeah. You, you done something right. <laughs> Here we are now. <laughs> and, uh, but... Frankie should have acted better too, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> we was both in the wrong. Right. But uh, anyhow, I've mellowed out in my older age a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> and uh, so anyhow, uh, that's how me and Mike got to go into these hunts. Mm -hmm. And uh, I sold him and his daddy dogs. Uh, I sold then. Mike got with Jay Tidwell and they formed a partnership and they bought all my culls. I mean, my good dogs. <laughs> and, uh, not <laughs> and, uh, uh, Eddie said that, uh, even Michael Pleasure hunting, that there was, it was always very competitive. Every time you got out of the truck, and it, the older I got, it didn't matter to me, you know, but every time you get out of the truck with Mike, if B or Jojo or any dog he owned, if I sold it to him, if he got that first strike, he's going to call a dog out there pleasure hunting. And everybody there knows what dog's barking. <laughs> but Mike's going to strike one and tree one. And, son, if he gets one on you, he thought that was the best thing in the world. And uh, But he was competition all the time it didn't matter what he was if he was playing golf or shooting marbles it didn't matter what it was he wanted to win mm -hmm. uh, and i did too but i didn't hey, pleasure hunting i didn't have to strike my dog because you already knew what dog <laughs> was <laughs> so uh but we uh we hunted oh most of the time three nights a week and uh some sometimes in the winter though we'd go four five you know we was hunting buddies that you know he hunting with me i hunted with him and uh, uh that's how we you know got to be good friends and everything and uh not anything i would say 
I knew you was going to say something about that. <laughs> you know, I know you. And uh, he said, uh, one time, Jay bought a real nice side-by-side. And Eddie Simmons and Jay. Uh, probably Landon. Landon, I think, was in the in Jay's side-by-side. Now, this is a Can-Am loaded. When I say loaded, it had everything on it almost. But I had a Honda, which I still have side-by-side, and uh, but it didn't have all the bells and whistles like Jay's. And we was going down the road, and Mike, you would have thought he was on Wheel of Fortune. He was saying, look at you have, I'm sitting in the back seat. Mike's up front with Jay, and Landon and Eddie sitting back there with me, little crowded. Jay could have got a wider one, you know. But anyhow, <laughs> a truck. we, uh, yeah, I don't know why we wasn't in the truck. But uh, anyway, we was going down there, and Michael is waving his arms like this. Look it, did you see this? This thing's got uh, wipers on it. You know, look it, this thing's got heat and air, and he's waving his arm like the lady on let's make a deal Vanna White. yeah Vanna White <laughs> and uh, he said do you see you know that look at I just can't have B riding in yours anymore you know he's trying to sell you one yeah and I said time I poke Eddie I think Eddie was in the middle and I poke him I said watch this and uh Mike didn't hear me and he said uh I said Jay could you move your seat up just a little bit? It's a little cramped back here. And he says, this seat won't move up, Luckett. I said, I wouldn't have this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike comes unglued. I know you was going to have something to say about this. You know, oh. I said, you buy one of these things, it's supposed to have an adjustable front seat to mm -hmm. give your compadres up. A little more room in the back, you know, but that's the kind of stuff that would go on. He'd come to the house and eat supper, and we'd go hunting and all this. And my wife keeps our place clean. I mean, she cuts all the grass, does all the weed eating, does the gardens and everything. And every time he comes over, she's got supper cooked when I got home. And Moody had come by, and I said, come on in and eat. We got supper in here. Man, I wished I had that, you know. And she's out there cutting grass, and it's 100 degrees. But, it, you know, she's out there weed eating, working in a flower bed, plowing the mew, whatever. <laughs> she's doing it all. I don't do nothing around the house. And uh, when, we'd get, when we would leave to go hunting after we eat, you know, he stopped and rolled down the window. Thank you, Ms. Luckett. I enjoyed my supper and all this stuff. And I'd say, make sure you get that pond over there. We eat it before you go in tonight. He said, Lucky, she's going to kill you, and she ain't even paying no attention to me. <laughs> and uh, he, but that was the big deal. I say, and every time he came over, I'd say, Stop and let me tell her something. And he would, he got to where he didn't want to stop because he knew I'd say, We'd eat all them fence posts, you know, or something <laughs> like that. I don't know how she puts up with you. And, uh, but uh, we was at a hunt somewhere, and uh, me and Moody and bunch of them was sitting around and he said uh, I don't know what we was talking about and this guy walks up and he says uh, are you Mr. Luckett 
And I said, what's left of him? I didn't know this cat, never seen him before. He said, I need to ask you, could uh, you help me out with something? And I said, what is it? And he said, uh, man, I got a dog that has gone armadillo crazy. And uh, I says, Mike stood up and he said, I want you to help me. Could you tell me what I need to do to break him? And Mike stood up and loud. He was talking loud. I said, man, what's going on? He said, don't you ever ask him to help you break a dog on anything. And he beat me to death the last time I asked him to help me break a dog. He cut a club and whipped me with a club when I asked him to help me break a dog. I said, Moody, what what are you talking about? And he says, you remember when I had that dog on them armadillers and you told me to, I asked you, would you help me break him? And you told me you would and told me to get a limb and uh, I'd hold the dog and you'd, you'd show me how to do it. And I come back with the limb, and you looked at it, and he said, uh, your, your mama would have whooped you twice if you brought a limb that size to get a, <laughs> get a spanking. And uh, I said, I, he said, you told me, just hold the dog, you'd go get one. And he said, you come back with that big limb and uh, told me to hold that dog in that hole and do not let that dog go. Put his head down in the hole and don't let the dog go. And he said, I got down there on the hole and I was holding his head in there and you got to beating him and he come out and I was hollering at you to uh, hit him, hit him, look it, hit him, look it, hit him, look it. And uh, I thought he was saying, get him, not hit him. And Moody come out of the hole and was turning around and around with the dog and I was steady swinging and I beat him to death. He had whips all over his <laughs> arms, his back and everywhere and he wouldn't let the dog go. <laughs> and uh, But uh, st stuff like that. He was my buddy. He was. <laughs> we, uh, we all miss him. I know y'all was, was a lot closer than than uh, Ivor was, but he uh, he's made an impact on hundreds of people's lives. He was a he was a top feller. He was he was he was a good guy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, I'm never every time he'd say if he couldn't go if he was going to a funeral he'd always say I'm going to a celebration of life. I say what is that? He was Pentecostal, and. Uh, he, I said, what are you talking about? I ain't, I ain't ever celebrated no funeral, you know? And he said, man, well, I'm going to a celebration of life. Well, when I went to his, I found out what he was talking about. I've never heard a choir like that, nowhere. And I mean good and loud. Uh, it was wonderful. And... Uh, there was people running up and down the aisles. I punched Jay at that funeral, and uh, I said, I didn't know what he was doing, but now he done got something. And I thought he was going to the kitchen. And I told Jay, I said, I'm going to go to the kitchen. If he comes by here one more time, I'm going with him. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't going to the kitchen, but, boy, they was feeling it, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but it was a wonderful <clears throat> celebration. Yeah.
Joy Dog Food Adult Performance is formulated for adult dogs with sensitive stomachs with the added pumpkin aiding in digestion. Joy Adult Performance is soy-free and contains our key ingredients, which are omega-3 and 6 fatty acids aiding in skin health and coat health, glucosamine and chondroitin to support joint health, and zinc and vitamin E for immune support and heart health. Made with all American ingredients and fixed formulas with top tier ingredients, you can rest assured that you are feeding your dog the best bang for your buck. Call 800-245-4125 or visit joydogfood.com to find a dealer near you. Um, I've heard some stories about you and, and Dial on horses. Could you not ever get Moody on any? Oh, yeah. What, yeah. Would he ride? He would sit there. He'd I sit there. <laughs> <laughs> He'd sit and hold on, you know. <clears throat> He didn't like to go to one by himself. He, uh, yeah, he would, uh, he, he, you know, people that don't ride horses, they sit on them and yeah. chug along, you know. Mm -hmm. Dow can't ride and he couldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie said that he wasn't no cowboy neither, so yeah. I'd be right there with y'all, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. they different than riding a horse and sitting on one. <laughs> but. Mm. We was talking about a while ago, uh, <clears throat> you taking Michael to that first hunt, it's uh, it's that, you making that decision to take him to that hunt's made an impact on, on everybody's life. We wouldn't mm -hmm. be sitting right here if you wouldn't have made that decision. Well, he probably begged me. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> hey, what do you say, exciting, thrilling, and scary? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he... Uh, and I knew Frankie, so it, it had to be uh, it had to be yeah, all three of those. Yeah, he you know Frankie could compete too. You mm -hmm. know he he was a good hunter, real good hunter. Yeah, had both of y'all won the world hunt at that time? I doubt it. Okay. Did Frankie win it? No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Yeah. I can't remember anything. I want to talk about old, uh, old Duke for a minute since I got you on here. You won it, uh, you won it twice with him. Uh, how old was he when, when you won it the first time? Two. Okay. He didn't he come from, he come from my neck of the woods up around North Alabama? Coleman, Alabama. Okay. Bruce Howard had him. Okay. And a, a guy that I was hunting with, Charles Jones, went up there to breed a female, and he went hunting with the puppy, and I think he was about seven or eight months old, and he come back, and he talked real fast. He said, look, I've been with the best puppy i ever seen in my life. I said, why didn't you buy him? That don't make good sense if it's the best one. And he said... Uh, I got so many, I didn't need him. <laughs> so I said, give me the man's number. And I called Bruce, and uh, he said, uh, yeah, I'd sell him. And he may have been nine months old, I don't know. And uh, But Charles Jones was just bragging and bragging on how he treated them coons just right out there by you. And uh, you know, I called him, and I said, you know, what would you sell him, you know? And he was he was cheap you know or, or i bought him and sent my brother-in-law after him and uh my brother-in-law got about halfway and decided he didn't want to go no further and turn around and come back home and uh i called mr bruce and i told him i said man i can't get up there till this weekend he said well why don't you just let me 
keep him a little while, and when I get ready to sell him, I'll call you. And so, okay, because I couldn't go then, and he wanted to keep him. So I said, all right. So I, uh, uh, I called him a month or two later. I got him when he was four, 13 or 14 months old. And uh, I was, no, he just turned two, I believe, in 86 when he won the world hunt. He was real young, but I think he had just turned two. And uh, I uh, called him, oh, man, this dog's really doing it and all this. I'd have to have more now. I've been hunting him. And what you got to have? And I think it was $2,500. And it may have been $2,000. It's, it had a two on it, I remember that. And uh, so I told him I'd take it, you know. And back then I was working, driving nails for a living. Didn't have $2,500 to spend. But I had a boat and a motor or something like that, and I sold it and I had it. And uh, he come down to Mr. Jones's house because Mr. Jones had bought Duke's daddy and he had Duke's mother and he come down to breed him. And uh, so anyway, when he came, I caught, heard he was coming. I called him, asked him would he bring him and that's when he'd give me the price. So when he come down, I'm telling you, it was so cold and the, the moon was huge and there was ice everywhere there was water. And Mr. Jones had an outstanding, outstanding dog called Tom Tinker. And he was off of Tom Tom. And, but he, he was one of the most outstanding dogs I've been with. Wasn't as good as old Duke, but he was outstanding. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was, he was that good. But uh, anyway, we went hunting. And uh, turned them loose, and Mr. Jones liked to hunt a lot of dogs at one time. Well, I think he took six or eight. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we hunted off of horses, and uh, we turned them and Duke loose, and Duke went out there probably 100 yards and just fell treed. And them other dogs was gone through that country, and we went to him. And there sat a coon in a small oak tree. And see, there, look at that toti. That's the best dog I ever seen in my life for his age. You know, he just started telling me, I told you, I told you. I said, let's cut him loose. Again, we cut him loose, and he went down a little hill, and he pulled up on a snag probably 75 yards and uh, just blowing the top out, and them other dogs just went right through there. And... Uh, we pushed the snag over and a coon come out. And them dogs started filtering back in and getting under the truck. The wind was blowing. It was a very, very bad night. Well, I was real nervous about spending that $2,500, if that's what it was. And I said, do you care if I go with him tomorrow night? And he said, uh, he said uh, no, I'll be here. So... It was the same degree, same moonlight and everything, but the wind wasn't blowing. 
And we took him and that dog treat two coons as fast as you've ever seen and have them sitting on the outside. And uh, I said, I said, uh, you go, you're sp spending the night with Mr. Jones? He said, yeah, I'm going to leave in the morning, probably after, after lunch or something like that. And anyway, I said, well, I'm going to go to church. I got to pray about spending this money. I didn't have it. <laughs> I mean, I had the money to buy the dog, but I didn't have any kind of money, you know. And uh, he's, uh, he, and I, I went before church, and he was packing up, fixing to leave, and I thought he was going to stay. And I handed him that money, and I was $100 short, and I don't know where that $100 went to, but Mr. Jones gave me $100 to pay for old Duke. And uh, anyhow, that October, I went to the PKC World Hunt. I got a $100 one at Tallulah, Louisiana, and went up there and just, he just showed out. He treed every coon. No, no dog treed a coon in every in all of the cast that he was in he treated every coon that whole time i had first tree on every coon that was treed all four or five hunts except buddy eagle's eagle dog duke was treed and eagle came in there and backed him and i didn't need him and i let him uh tree first and uh uh but that was the only first tree anybody got on old Duke that first hunt. Mm. And I drawed Pac-Man one-on-one. There was six of us left. And me and Bella are real good friends. He comes down and hunts with me. We're supposed to go to Texas here shortly. And uh, uh, he comes down and hunts, you know. But uh, Juvers was hunting his dog, Dave Juvers, and we were real good friends, too. We rode horses. I went to Illinois a lot and rode horses in Shawnee National with him till he died. And uh, uh, But me and Juvers drawed each other, and I had so many people tell me I wouldn't hunt that young dog with that dog. I wouldn't hunt that dog with that dog. You know, he just had a bad reputation of being a gator, you know. But uh, old Duke went out there and beat him, and Dave Juvers told everybody when we pulled it up, he said, that beating that he got by old Duke was the worst he ever felt in his life after losing to a dog. He said, that hurt him more than any loss he ever had. Wow. And, uh, but he'd tell, you know. Do you remember who, who else was in the final round with you? No, I remember Mr. Creasy was out there. Dave Roberts was a judge or a guide. Tim uh, Rouse. Rouse was the judge. And it was Mr. Creasy. Who was the other? Jarvis was on the cast. I think. Jarvis was there with a, one of them big phones you towed on your side. Mm -hmm. and But who was the other dog? Uh, he was Booger. Texas. That was uh, your second world champion. That's the second one. Oh, okay. No, that, you're correct. I'm, yeah. You're right. Booger, Booger, Booger was, uh, it was us three. Rodney Green. Rodney Green. Rodney yep. Green. He's from Texas. What? From Texas. Yes, okay. And Duke and Mr. Creasy. Okay, yeah. Uh, he talked about that in his podcast, in McNeil's podcast. So. Yeah. Uh, um, and you you won that one. So what year was that? 86. Okay. How I much? can remember that. 
<laughs> How much longer was it when he uh, when he won it again? Ninety two. Okay, so he was quite a bit older. Yeah, eight. Mm -hmm. Do you remember details from it? Wasn't you out there on that one? Oh, yeah, he run. He uh, one thing that really happened. Uh, Jerry Booker had Boz. Yeah, Jerry Clay Booker Young and Boz and and Clay Young had Snake one. Uh, jar. Jar. Yeah. Yeah. And Rick Stretch had Henry. That's right. And uh, that was the final four. Yeah. That was the final four. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it was three in the finals in '86. Jerry Booker with Boss and uh, Rick Stretch with Henry, Clay with Jar, and you would do. That yeah, was, that was '92. Was the judge? And Tim Rouse was the judge then. And uh, Nick told me that was probably was the best judge he's he's ever seen. Tim. Very good. Very good. Yeah. S super honest can can control the cast as nice as a man can you know he can just mm -hmm. you know real calm excellent job and uh, he judged me a lot of time in pro hunts and all of that i had him a lot and uh but anyway i, I remember one thing on the cast uh oh duke was slow he was not these bust-in dogs everybody and me wants right now. Mm -hmm. He was not that. Old Duke was a slow dog. When he went to barking, he could move the track and tree it. And he was about a 10-minute track dog, if that long. And he he was an excellent layup dog. In acorns, he just fall treed, move over yonder, fall treed another one, you know. And... Uh, but he was, uh, we went to a place, I don't know, he was struck in and he just, oh, oh. And we got there and he was, I treated him. And they was two baby, not baby, I'd say they half grown coons stuck to the side of that tree. And old Duke was just sitting there looking at them, oh, oh. <laughs> and I could have reached and got him. If he if he could jump, he could have got him. You know, they was just right there stuck to the tree. And uh, Eddie said, Eddie was out there as a spectator not, or something. He was in the way. Uh, <laughs> let me say, <laughs> have you ever seen like that? I said, I, he does that all the time, Eddie. I said he run up up that hill, so, up that hill, and up that tree so fast. I said uh, they they got stiff; they couldn't go no higher. You know, <laughs> I don't know why them <laughs> was stuck to the side of that tree, but uh, he, I guarantee you he didn't run them. He he wasn't a, he wasn't a track dog at all. He just uh, he when he started barking, he knew which way to go with it, and he. When he come treat, it's sitting on the outside. Yeah. Mm. He treat. We was in a lightning storm one night, and I had Eddie Clinton. He had a good dog and somebody else, and it come down, and he was ahead of me. Right at the end of the hunt, Duke treat. And the judge said, and it was raining. It was bad weather. And uh, he said, uh, uh he said, well, old Duke's got to have one, but he's treed in that big cypress down there. I know it. we make it. We tree it all the time. We don't ever see a coon. 
And Eddie Clinton said, well, I'll tell you one thing. It may be the biggest den around, but he'll be sitting on the outside when we get there, and he'll beat me. And uh, we went there to that tree, and uh, I, I got to have one sitting on the outside. It was that big cypress, and he was just sitting out there on the limb looking at us, and Eddie said, see there, I told you. <laughs> he said, he don't treat unless they're looking at you or sitting on the outside. And for some reason, he had a talent of tree and coons on the outside, and that's how he won. Mm -hmm. He had the meat when he parked, and they was on the outside. Would he you, was a freak, you yeah. know. Would you say he cut the mold for you? Would he be your favorite? Him and the dog I got now. Okay. Yeah. The, I've owned some, I don't know how many dogs since 72. I don't, you know, I would say six or seven hundred. I don't know because they don't last long at my house. <laughs> and uh, because I can't stand average. And uh, there's only, if a dog didn't teach you how to coon hunt, you don't know how. If you say your daddy taught you how to coon hunt and all that, they can't teach you how to be done. And he taught me what a coon dog was, Duke did. Mm -hmm. And I've looked for one ever since. And uh, I got lucky. The dog that I got right now makes mistakes. Duke made mistakes. They all make mistakes. But there's only a few great dogs. And I, it's great dogs. I didn't say not good or anything. There's a lot of good dogs out here. There's a lot of nice dogs. But there's only a few great dogs. There's only a few great horses. And people will say, what would you breed to? What would you breed to? I said, you can breed to your neighbor's coon dog and get just as good as breeding to a world champion. Because if you think you're going to breed to a world champion, if he is a great dog, or uh, you can have an average dog win the world hunt, He's, but he's a nice, good dog. Mm -hmm. But those nice, good dogs can reproduce better than themselves. Master Latch, I sold him to Randy Morgan. But Master Latch, you could breed him to almost anything and uh, he could reproduce, especially on Hickernut Harry females. But he was an average nice dog. But he was average. He wasn't dogs, in my opinion. You know, in my opinion. The slim dog has his faults. Duke didn't have that many. Slim's got more than him. But Slim can tree more coons faster than old Duke. And Slim will have them nine chances out of ten. But he has his faults. He'll, he'll, he'll mess you up at a hunt. He got a twerk that I can't stand and I can't get it out of him. But uh, he, to me, Slim is a great dog. There's not many dogs out there that I won't hunt head up for a good chunk of change because before two hours I'm going to treat more coons than you are mm -hmm. because that's all he's got on his mind and he's going to have them just about you know he's not perfect but great dogs are few and far between but you know everybody needs to own a great dog one time you know I've been lucky enough to have two that I consider great dogs they're not perfect, but they're what I consider. And they want Duke reproduced. He went sterile when he was. I bred him five or six times. He had 
four or five litters, and him and his litter mates were sterile, and he went sterile. Everybody thought I had him cut because he was ouchy, and he was. He would he would blow at a dog, at a tree, and all that stuff. You know, you could tell when a dog was coming to him. He'd let you know. You know, you could. His voice would change, but. He was cut because my vet said it, it it's gonna cause cancer because he was it, he was sh- shrinking, mm-hmm. and uh, so I I cut him and uh, but a secretariat reproduced a lot of nice horses and good horses. He never did reproduce better than himself. There's only two uh, one person. Uh, two people that I know has reproduced better than their selves, and that's me and Archie Manning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I reproduce better than me because I got, you know, three kids better than I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I reproduced, you know, they better, they're better people than I am. And Archie Manning did the same thing, you know. So that's few, they, they, we're few and far between, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Going, uh, going back to Master Latch, I got a grandpa off Master Latch. Uh, he's 13-year-old now. We fixing had to put him down, and uh, he's the one that really cut the mold for me. He's off history and a Master Latch female. He's actually got a pup. I made a cross, and he's got a pup in the in the final 16 here now that I raised. Dang. One Jed Finley something. She was born at my house, and uh, three generations go back to Master Latch. So doggone. Yeah. He so. was a good, good hound. Was he? Yeah, I'm, you know, he he was a a good hound. Mm-hmm. I don't you know where he got it. I don't know what he was loud. Mike Moody loved to hunt with him. He'd say, "He takes my breath." That's how loud he was. <laughs> and he would. It was a sort of a vacuum at the tree when Latchwood Tree mm-hmm. in them swamps at Mississippi, you know. And uh, Mike Moody, he loved hunting with him because he was so loud. He was a loud dog. Pete was a he was a good track dog. I don't know what Master Latch was like, but super good track average. Dog. Yeah, average. He that's what I'm telling you. He reproduced better than himself. But uh the but a great dog can't reproduce better than himself. Yeah. Ain't many of them out there, but a great one cannot do that. Mm-hmm. You know. Old Duke reproduced some puppies that People hunted and people that tell me, man, I had the best thing I ever owned out of Old Duke. And he, I think he had five litters, you know, but they wasn't another Old Duke. Right. They wasn't, you know, and I didn't get to hunt with them, but I, I just know they wasn't a great. Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah. She, uh, Jed Finley's hunting her. She's, uh, she's wild. I don't know if y'all hunting with her. Brandy female. She's, she's something else. But Pete. This time of year, when when coons were were rutting, that's that's his time of year. He wanted he wanted them on the ground, wanted wanted a track. So huh. that kind of got my thinking cap on when you you mentioned him. I didn't know you had him. At one yeah, time. yeah, I bought him from Martin Spears when he was uh, either seven or nine months old. And I thought he he said, look, at he's running in tree and then he's loud, and I had to have him. So I bought him from Martin Spears and raised him, and uh, I don't, I forgot. I, I sold him. Um, I lost my son, and I quit it. Hmm. 
Well, um, look, I appreciate you sitting down here. We was, we was actually talking about you here earlier on, on our podcast. and uh, Oh, Lord. He, you just happened to, to walk in. Eddie said, I'm going to get this one. Uh, we was talking about we are going to try to hog tie you and, and uh, get you here for next year, but I'm glad we got it done now. So, uh, for David, I, I appreciate it, and, and thank you for taking Michael that first oh, time. Oh, yeah. So, anything else you'd like to say? No. Right. Well, <laughs> until, uh, until next time, thank you, David. All right.